0: for me i think it's just removing the stigma of the word foster these are youth these are kids i say all the time when we're going through the initial starts of our classroom and talking to parents that's interested we discuss because a lot of times people hear foster and they all automatically think negative behaviors yeah we've all been children at one point most of these behaviors it doesn't matter if you're foster or not, that's the that's thing right. the kids do. So they need guidance, they need structure. So I, I really enjoy the idea of trying to eliminate the negative stigma
1: around foster care. There are nearly half a million children in foster care across the United States. Less than 3% will ever graduate from college, 25% will be incarcerated within two years after aging out. Shuffled from home to home, they never find the safety and permanence of a real family. Or do they? I think they do if we talk to the folks at Youth Villages. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network for our Memphis and Nashville area listeners. And today we welcome Delvet Rogers, who is the Training Placement Manager and Foster Care Adoption with Youth Villages. Delvet, good to have you here. Thanks so much for being on Bot Radio today and talk about a special month for adoption care, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, November is National Adoption
0: Month. We strive to highlight and make awareness of the need for um, adoption um, across the state of Tennessee and throughout the nation.
1: One of the areas we're going to kind of key in on today, adopting teens. Absolutely. Why should I adopt a teen? Well, these are our future You know, these are the people who are going
0: to be moving into the workforce. They're going to be your neighbors. They're going to be providing services that we all subscribe to, you know. So we want to make sure that we provide um, adequate support and service to help them to be successful as they transition into
1: adulthood. No, but are teens really looking for a family, you think?
0: Absolutely. I think that deep down, most of our teens, you know, they've gone through some trauma throughout the years. They just strive in stability. A lot of them want and seek out that family dynamic and they know that through that support and appropriate service that you know that they can be successful. They right. they they want that sense of belonging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even when they can't be with their biological family.
1: Well, do teens have any say in their
0: adoption in that process? Yes, they do. Um actually. Um at a certain age, usually around fifteen, the teens are able to state whether they do or don't want to be adopted. Um and that is definitely definitely... definitely taken into consideration in their final decision in regards to permanency.
1: Do you think there might be some kind of fear, too, for that team? You know that this adoption is a good thing for them. right? But because of their background, because of the insecurity or the things that they've come from in the past, maybe they don't feel like they're ready for it. Yeah. And there is fear that goes
0: along into that. That's why we provide the service that we do to help them with dealing with their past trauma. I mean, you have to think about the idea that their biological family things did not work out for a number of reasons. Their fear of rejection again, of not knowing, are these people really going to be here with me through the duration? All those things play in their mind in regards to the what ifs. But we do make sure that we provide adequate training to our parents. We provide support to our parents and the youth, right. um, not only through the adoption process, but after as well. So exactly. we continue to work with them to make sure that
1: they have that village around them oh, to provide yeah. the support. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And that's what youth villages is all about. that's that's a good word there, Delvet. Let's talk about that rejection a little bit from maybe their birth parents. I and mean, that's not always the case though, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's
0: not. Sometimes, I mean, as we know, things happen, life happens. And sometimes the parents are just not able to provide an appropriate living environment for the youth. And there are times, I mean, I've seen over the years, um, had many different cases, but oftentimes the birth parents will still be involved even after the adoption. I mean, they may not have been the best place for the child to be successful in. They may not have had all the resources to provide right. for that child at the time, but if the adoptive family is still open and willing to maintain that relationship because they know that, that child still loves their birth parents. Yes. Um, oftentimes, again, sort of building that village dynamic the more people around um, to help provide that support. So it's not always just the idea that the parents like abandoned them or didn't want them. Right. It may have just been certain circumstances that led to the child entering foster care and needing to have an adoptive home.
1: I could think that that would be tough for a lot of birth parents, you know, realizing that they might not be able to adequately provide or the environment that they're in is not best for their child. Mm-hmm. And they know that an adoption would be the best scenario for their child because they really do love their child. But that, right. that would have to be a difficult place to be, you know, as a parent, I could think, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have children, typically, you know, you you want the best for that child. And you I know. think it is sort of it's a selfish thing, actually, to accept the fact that my environment being with me is not the best option for my child at this time and to give them a better chance at success in life, you know, I may need to look at alternative routes Mm -hmm. to help them to be able to succeed. Um, But also just maintaining a relationship in some type of way to be able to support them so they don't feel like they were abandoned um, is- like I said, that's the best possible outcome.
1: David, yeah, what about helping adopted parents enter that adoption process with the proper expectations? You know, I'm thinking that they might have these magical ideas of what it could be like and maybe face some hard times, you know, during the process. Yeah, absolutely. So, Of course, with our parents, they start off with fostering. Um, Is that always the case?
0: Yes. Yes. um, All all of our parents, they're fostered to adopt parents. So you have to foster a youth for at least six months before you can move forward through the adoption process. And that just gives you time to be able to work through any services that may be able to provide, make sure there's going to be a good fit, make make sure that the parents are committed to the youth and make sure that the youth feels comfortable in this home before we proceed through the adoption process. I guess that's
1: a good gauge for youth villages to mm-hmm. know what this would be the right placement for adoption too, right? Absolutely. And I guess there's times when you go through that you say, well, this is probably not the best fit for you at this time.
0: I mean, of course, we would like to say 100% of the time that the youth that's placed in this home, this is going to be a good sure. fit. But, you know, there are times where we have to go back and reanalyze appropriate placement for the youth that we have in these homes. But again, we provide the support throughout the duration of it. So through the initial training before you become a foster parent, uh, when you get that placement, we're in the home weekly to meet with the youth and the family to make sure that we're assessing any needs for services for not just the youth, but the family as well, to help to provide them with that necessary support to be successful throughout the adoption process.
1: Okay, okay, that's good. Could you tell us a little about how foster care adoption differ from private domestic adoption that maybe some are thinking through? One of the key things is through cost, through youth village through foster to
0: adopt program, we pay out the cost for everything, you know, lawyer's fees, everything that goes along into it is nothing out of pocket for the parents that's looking to adopt through the private sector. You know, there's pretty much a high cost that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And I can't speak necessarily to the services that are provided through the private sector. I believe they probably may Refer out for services, but yeah. with youth villages, you know, but, but we're but the fact a one-stop that you, shop. You well, know, I was going to say, Friday. the fact
1: that you guys provide the legal and cover all those costs, because that could cost a lot to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Know?
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, we want to make sure that
1: we're there every step of the way.
0: And, um, and as I stated earlier, like even after... The adoption is finalized, you know, we're still there providing services, providing support to the family and the youth, especially for our teens that are right. aging out. You know, we have other services that we provide to help them with transitioning into adulthood.
1: Well, that's one of the things I want to kind of go back to when you talk about support, which you just mentioned there, we talked about a moment ago, the kinds of support Youth Villages provides a family after the adopted teen, I know that you guys provide a whole lot of support for foster care parents in the beginning of the training. Is there also equal training that you do for adoptive parents or classes they could go through? Well, absolutely. Through our foster care program, you know, after a parent adopts it, they're still with us as
0: foster parents even because we've had parents to adopt a child, stay with us, take in other foster youth, we provide ongoing Training annually. So, along with the initial six to eight weeks of training that they go through to become foster parents, they have to do 24. hours of training each okay. year. And also we provide other services that just to help them along the way with knowing how to best service and work with the kids that we um place in their home.
1: Now, are those like state requirements, law requirements for those classes you're talking about? Yes.
0: Those are state requirements that we follow okay. to make sure that our parents are in compliance. But we also still provide a number of services to still help support our um, foster parents, as well as like a mentoring program. We have a program now where our current foster parents experience foster parents. Mentor our new parents as they come through. So that's also a way of building out their support system to help them throughout their pro um Okay their process.
1: And that could be a real encouragement there. I could yeah, see boom. that. Yeah. Seven core issues in adoption, it was published back in the early 1980s, it outlines the seven lifelong issues experienced by all members of the adoption triad, loss, rejection, guilt, shame, grief, identity, intimacy, and mastery control. How successful is Youth Villages in helping adopted teens and their adopted parents work through these, I know, very difficult issues at times? I mean, I would say
0: that we're very successful at that. You know, at at this point this year, we're already at like 61 adoptions um, throughout the state of Tennessee, and those adoptions have resulted in our youth being stable, maintaining permanency, you know, being able to see a level of success from the youth that have you no know, didn't have permanency options. I mean, I think of one story now where like, um, we had a 17-year-old male, um, was close to turning 18, like a few months out, and he had a mentor that was working with them and they decided to become his foster parents. So you no, know, we went through the process extremely, you know, we expedited it and was able to get them certified and literally a two weeks before he turned 18, he was able to get adopted. So it's just, you know, and he's gone on to do great things within the community. I mean, we saw him through college, um, starting his career out. He went to social services and he's doing absolutely
1: great at this time. Well, those are the kind of stories you like to hear, right? And it's exciting that Youth Villages is able to be part of those kind of stories. Those in our community can be part of that, too, the success. Because you've been on the block for a while. You've been around in Memphis for a while. Since the mid-1990s, this whole issue of of adoption and foster care, really, I mean, you guys have set the leadership role in our community and and across the nation, too, not just in the state of Tennessee. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, we've expanded. uh, We have
0: foster care and adoption here in Tennessee. That's that's where we're located for that program. But we have um, expanded to many other states to provide services um, to the community as large for in-home services to try to maintain and keep you from entering foster care, as well as our life set services, which helps for youth in foster care and other youth transitioning into adulthood.
1: Yeah. Let's talk a second, if we could, David, about the process of creating that parental bond and building trust with your adoptive teens. That doesn't happen overnight, right? No, no, it doesn't. Trust is something that's earned. We all know that. And
0: you have to develop that through action, through consistent action. As we know, a lot of our youth have experienced trauma and they've been through things throughout their lifetime that um, are reflective in behaviors at times. And, you know, sometimes those behaviors are used to essentially see if someone's going to be committed to them so we we work with our parents to make sure that they understand that trauma and how it can affect the use behavior in the home making sure that we are supporting them throughout those issues we provide 24/7 Services So it, in the middle of the night, if something is going on, if they need to contact someone, they have someone that they can call. Wow. So we provide that support to make sure that our youth are stable, to make sure that our parents feel supported, um, and we can help them through those trying
1: times. Yeah, that's a good word there, definitely. our uh, teen adoptions typically initiated by parents with children still living at home? Or maybe children that have grown are out of the house now. Um, that's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, is it? yeah, it can Um
0: so in both ways, I mean there I've seen situations where a child has been with a parent since they were a little younger, now they're a teenager, and the child is approached the parent to ask them, like, would will, will you adopt me? As well as seeing situations to where a parent, if they come in and they're just determined, like, you know, I wanna be able to adopt a young person. Um, a teenager, I mean, it's it's not as common and we definitely need more parents that's open to adopting teens. But those parents that come through, they get a lot of satisfaction out of that because they're able to essentially help guide that, that child through the last stages of being a child and right. moving into adulthood, right. providing them that adequate support. And again, like I said, these are the the young people who are going to be fall into our society, your next door neighbors. So we want to be able to set them up to be, you know, productive citizens.
1: What about opportunities to adopt teen siblings? Do you try to keep them together if all possible?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. If we can maintain siblings together, that is always the goal. Um, I I think of another story where we had um, a young lady that was, you know, she had been in foster care for for many years. again approaching 17 and she placed in a home and the parent was open to adopting her and that was like such a relief to all of us because again she had been through a lot um but she had a sister and the youth talked to the parent the parent ended up meeting the sister, talking to the sister. The sister was not placed in the hall with her, and we were able to reunite them, and both sisters were able to be adopted by that parent and I have been doing extremely well ever
1: since. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful story there. Uh, let's talk about what Youth Villages requires from potential parents for not just adopting teens, but I guess you can adopt anywhere in that relationship, mm-hmm. right, after you've had that six months of being a foster care parent at, at a minimum.
0: Right, right. So if the, the the youth first has to be a full guardianship, so once the youth gets to full guardianship, which would mean that... Uh birth parent parental rights are terminated or they surrender. Um, At that point, the youth is free and clear for adoption. So again, like I said, throughout the duration of them being placed, once they get to that six-month mark and the youth is in full guardianship, they can move forward to the adoption process. Okay. With that, again, we provide the services 24-7. They are seen weekly by a counselor. Mm -hmm. um, And As needed. So, like, even if it's, you know, sometimes we may have a kid that may need to be seen more than one time a week. You know, we provide whatever services needed to make sure that we can set them up for success.
1: Oh, that's great. Now, the financial responsibilities we, we talked about is the adoption process takes place, how Youth Villages covers the court costs and all of that expense. But the overall ongoing responsibilities, and once you adopt a child, I'm sure that's one of the things you check as an organization, Youth Villages, to make sure that family is able to adequately cover the financial needs. There's no other support financially once the adoption takes place? Um, In most cases, there is. So,
0: Throughout the fostering process, of course, you feel that we provide a um, reimbursement to the parents to cover the cost of, you know, maintaining the child in the home. Um, But also, after the adoption is completed, there is adoption assistance that is given in most cases. Um, And I would say, from my experience, the majority of cases receive adoption assistance that continues to follow the child up until the point where they're 18 years old. So they continue to support the parent, not only from a um, services standpoint, but also from a financial standpoint as well. You guys
1: don't leave anybody hanging. <laughs> <laughs> try not to. It doesn't sound like it at all. Now, what happens, Dilbert when kids in foster care turn 18? We try to have the
0: youth to be in a foster place, but if at all possible, um, especially as they're approaching 18. I mean, the, we do have facilities that youth are at at times, Um, but we want them in the least restrictive environment to be in a community-based setting. So we try to have them into a foster home um, as they're turning 18. And if they're not able to reach permanency by the time they turn 18, that's where we have our life set program to come into play to help provide them with services as they are aging out. So life set works to help to provide them um, education around um, housing, transportation, your everyday adulthood things, right. you know, things right. that you're trying to, that you have to do as an adult. Uh, we provide the education and support to, that, to those young people to help them to, you know, essentially go through that transition from being a child and and
1: learning to live on their own and be successful. For those youth that have aged out, Delvin, that you're working with, I don't know at that point if somebody could still adopt a child, but is there a way that somebody could still like become a mentor or a sponsor or you know, involved in some way, they would like to help those youth who have aged out of the system. They can still maybe somebody could still have a way to build a relationship and let them know when there's a holiday time, they have a home to come to, to have a meal and those kind of things. Absolutely. Um I will say this from I, I
0: want to speak to one particular family. Um They've worked with team males the entire time that I've been working with youth villages. And when I say holiday time is hectic at their home, it's <laughs> hectic because all of the young men that they've worked with over the years come back. And they know that they have a home where they can come there to visit. I mean, they they didn't go through adoption. It was this was not an adoption. These youth normally age out of care. Um but that is their home for the holidays. They know they can return back to the foster parents. So absolutely, our foster parents still serve as a support. They they make those connections with these young people. And, and it may not have ended in adoption, but there's still a forever support for them. Yeah. And um, those connections really matter to those young people as they're growing on and um
1: moving to adulthood. Exactly. Well, what about someone with health condition or disability? Are they able to become a foster parent and also an adoptive parent?
0: Yeah. I mean, so through our process, of course, primary thing is this, you know, they need to be 25 years of age, single to married for to be a foster parent with um, youth villages. But they go through a process in regards to, you know, background checks. Um, They have to go through physical health screening as long as they're Physician approves them to be a foster parent. They are able to work with us. So we have parents that have some physical disabilities, but they're able to maintain and foster a youth and provide that loving home that we need them to have.
1: You know, when it comes to that uh, that final process of the adoption, once a a child has been in the foster care home for six months and they decide that this is going to be an adoption, they want to see that happen. Does the adoptive parents have the opportunity to look at? the complete history of that child. They're not walking into this blindly at all. They know all that you can potentially give them to know about this child, you provide that? Absolutely, that actually
0: is a right as a foster parent to have all that information. But especially going into an adoption, we conduct what is called a full disclosure, where essentially we go over the full history of that youth with the foster parent and make sure that they have an understanding of everything that we know so they can make an informed decision on whether they want to move forward with adoption. We typically try to do that if at all possible before we move forward with placing the youth in a home because of course we don't want to create the scenario of moving the youth into a home and then then the parent hears something and they don't feel comfortable now we got to move the youth again we don't want to create any more trauma from that standpoint but absolutely we provide the parent with as much information as possible on the front end before placing the youth in a home and if it's youth that's already placed, we still do the full disclosure, but oftentimes they have already formed that connection and that bond through the time that the youth has been in the home. Like I said, everyone has a past, everyone yes. has a story. Yes. So hearing those things, is just a way for them to be able to even further connect with that youth because now they sort of see, okay, so this may have been where this came from that I didn't quite understand initially. And it helps to even like form those bonds even closer a lot of times.
1: Delbert, let's say someone's listening today that's ready to start that journey of adoption through Youth Villages. That first step, as you've already mentioned, is to become a foster care parent. Mm-hmm. Walk us through the rest of that process. I'm sure there's paperwork to do and take us through some of the steps that's going to happen once that initial call is made to Youth Villages. Absolutely. So ways to get in touch with us, you can dial one 888 Kid
0: and you can leave a message um, for one of our trainer recruiters and they'll contact you back and give you information about what it takes to become a foster parent, as well as giving you dates and time for our upcoming information sessions. Um, or you can go to youthvillages.org um, forward slash foster care and enter in an inquiry as well in regards to your desire to become a foster parent. Once you complete that process, we'll give you the dates. We have upcoming informational sessions. Typically, we have them monthly. We have some coming up in December for anyone who may be interested. So um, you can call that number for whatever region that you're in. And we have set up for West Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and East Tennessee as well, you can leave a message that someone will call you back and let you know the dates and get you set up, and it's virtual. So that's a way for you to be able to get onto a virtual training, find out more information about foster care and oh. what it takes, and then once you complete that informational session, we'll set you up with the classes, which usually start a week to two weeks afterwards.
1: Okay. David, you've been with villages for how long now? Nineteen years. Nineteen years. years. Uh, What keeps you going? What do you enjoy most about the work that you get to do? Um, For me,
0: I think it's just removing the stigma of the word foster. These are youth. These are kids. I say all the time when we're going through the initial starts of our class when talking to parents that's interested, we discuss because a lot of times people hear foster and they all automatically think negative behaviors. We've all been children at one point. Most of these behaviors it doesn't matter if you're foster or not. That's the <laughs> thing the kids do. So they need guidance. They need structure. So I, I really enjoy the idea of trying to eliminate the negative stigma around foster care. Again, like I, said, I think of a, another story in regards to when I was starting out early on with really got sort of fueled my passion around foster care. There was a youth, a parent needed some assistance with talking with the youth. The youth was quite upset and going out and speaking with him and, and sitting out there and talking to him. And he was, he he was angry at the time. And I was able to speak with him probably about a good 30, 45 minutes. And what it came down to at the end of the day is that he felt like he was about to be moved and he was tired of being moved. He's like, this is my home. Y'all trying to take me from my home again. And so to be able to sort of break that down, just feel like, okay, so it's not that this kid is just really here to cause trouble or have issues. Yes. Like, he he needs help. He's yes. he's crying out for help. So, again, really diving into the idea, like, these are just kids. So being able to break those barriers down with him and able to make sure that he was stable and be supportive for the parent of the night and we was able to move on. And that, that just sort of hit it and clicked with me at that time, just like, these, these are just, these just kids. Some of them are scared. Some of them are going through things. They just need somebody to sort of stick with them through the hard
1: times to get them to a sense of calm. And that's where all humans are, really, right? right. We all need that. Absolutely. We need a sense of calm. We need a sense of that security mm-hmm. and the sense that someone loves us. Absolutely. Youth Villages is doing it, friends. And I hope that you will learn more about becoming a foster care parent, an adoptive parent through Youth Villages. That number again is 888 888- my YV kid, yes. and you can call that number. Now, if somebody wanted to contact you personally and had questions about something we shared today, what could they do? If they want to contact me, they can call use the same them. number.
0: Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. It goes to my trainer recruiters, but I'm also tied into that line as well. So, if someone wanted to speak to me personally, they could reach
1: me through that number. This has been great, deal, But Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for the hard work that Youth Villages is doing in our community and all across the state of Tennessee. Thank you. Thank you for having me on to share and make awareness of adoption and foster care in Tennessee. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Vought Radio Network coming to our Memphis and Mid-South listeners and also our listeners in the Nashville area and across the middle part of Tennessee. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.